Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me is my co-host, Adam and Eva of the Burgundy and Gold Report. Hey, Adam, I know you watched the CFP National Championship game between Alabama and Ohio State last night. And I know you're a Bama fan. And you know that I'm not. <laughs> being not a Bama fan, being an ND fan. So let me get your first take on this because obviously... Uh, another big demolishing by the Tide as they roll the Buckeyes by a score of 52 to 24. I felt like we got to get the elephant out of the room first. So tell me, what are your thoughts on that? Um, honestly, it, I thought it was going to come on. Honestly, I thought, like I said, I think that the domination was probably predicted ahead of time. But I just don't think people expect Matt, Matt Jones to have one of the best performances in college football history with 464, five touchdowns. Uh, right. But I think, you know, as an Alabama fan, you have to understand having weapons like he does with Devin Smith, with Najee Harris. Listen, in the NFL, I think people are getting a little crazy putting him at the you know, top 20 range. I think he'll be somewhere in the back end first round, maybe early second. But it was a hell of a game, and I think Fields did what I thought he would do, which was, you know, be competitive, but I thought that he would be exposed for, you know, the lack of ability to reach the field. And although I, he did see have some nice reads in the game, yeah, right. I, I definitely um, have some uh, basically with him on the next level. But all in all, I'm an Alabama fan, so, you know, great game. <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to disagree. It was a great game only because I'm not a Bama fan, but I totally get it. If you are a fan of Alabama, then you would probably love it. And my takeaway is, um, you know, regardless of where he goes in the draft, Devontae Smith, is going to make some NFL team very happy. I mean, that guy is really unstoppable, and he looks like NFL, he's NFL ready right now just based on all the catches he made uh, last night and all the, the impact he had on the game. It's just amazing the second level of speed that he has once he gets going um, in the acceleration. So anyway, that's my takeaway. The other takeaway is that I really felt Ohio State didn't play up to their potential, but Bama was clearly the better team. And I also feel a lot better about Alabama beating Notre Dame 31-14, to 14, as we only lost by 17. So I actually feel a little bit better about that. And my last takeaway is that when are we going to see some team other than Clemson really challenge Alabama? Because I can't wait for that, Adam. I really can't wait for there to be some challenge here because Alabama is an odds-on favorite to keep taking it. They have such a strong recruiting class uh, every year. And, um, you know, yeah. i just got to hand it to them. I mean, they, they really get things done. All right, so that's a, that's about as much Alabama talk I can ha- I can I can uh, take right now because I don't know if you noticed this, but if you search for Alabama football on uh, on Google, you'll have like fireworks and uh, fireworks all over the place just to celebrate Alabama winning the, the national championship. It's like adding insult to injury to 90% of America. I'm just saying that right now. So, so anyway, we got a lot to talk about today, including the best wild card playoff game of the weekend. Taylor Heineke, well, that's going to be a fun one to talk about. And we're going to preview the divisional playoff games, and we're going to talk about this week's DIR prospects and so much more. So let's get rolling. All right, let's start with the best super wild card game of the weekend. And I'm going to start by saying I loved Super Wild Card Weekend, Adam. I thought it was absolute genius. Having a triple hitter on both days was amazing. I mean, Plenty of time for us to eat nachos, right? I mean, that was fantastic. Uh, 
Yeah, he couldn't couldn't get better. You know, nachos, wings, you know, even burgers. <laughs> it was just so much football. You know, oh, yeah. granted, you know, by the second game, I was by myself. But you know, <laughs> you know, you couldn't ask for more for as a football fan, that's for sure. And then you know, to top it off with the national championship days later, uh, oh, you yeah. know, it's it's heaven for me. Oh, it was a brilliant, it was a brilliant three day stretch, and uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, heck, you know what? I don't need friends if I have football for twelve hours a day. That's the way <laughs> I see it. Although I love you, friends, I just don't. I don't need you if I have football twelve hours a day. All right. So let's start with you. Which Super Wild Card Weekend game do you think was best, and why? You know, we were talking about you know the Baltimore matchup last week, and I said that mm-hmm. I really thought that this would be Baltimore's overall performance of the year, and probably for the playoffs. And after this game, you know, to lower your expectations, and then they came through. They shut down Derrick Henry. Probably played him better than any team I've seen him. Uh, Definitely. Forty yards. Um, was it two point two yards uh, per run average? Three receptions, eleven yards, zero touchdowns on the day overall. So. They more than bottled him up. They straight up shut him down in all phases of the game. And I think when we talk about dominant defensive performances, that's what I thought Baltimore would do. But then to top it all off, you had Jackson just going wild in that game, running for, you know, 100, I think it was 136 yards and one touchdown. You know, to throw in the 107 yards passing, that's just gravy on top of that. Because I think that when he gets going, he's really hard to stop. But like I said, in saying that, it's about sustainability. And we talk about teams that who can beat the Chiefs. Although that Baltimore defense is one of the best we've seen in years, I just don't think they're good enough to, you know, continue this run. But that was a hell of a game against, uh, you know, a strong Titans run game. But as a lot of us thought would happen, that Titans defense is just not good enough to, you know, hang with a caliber team like Jackson the Ravens. So it was a great game among others, but that was definitely a game that uh, I saw coming. And I'm glad, I'm happy for Baltimore. You know, not so happy about the Washington loss, but uh, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, that will probably be as far as they go in the playoffs, though. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because I, I remember last week when we talked about this, I said the key to the game is if the Titans take five guys and hold hands and just surround Lamar Jackson. Just like, just everybody, just have five guys, just, just stand around him. You know what? Because if he runs the ball, you're going to lose. And lo and behold, he ran the ball and they lost. But, you know, it was a really close game. I mean, it was certainly closer than, uh, I mean, it was a great game. It was like everything we thought it was going to be in terms of um, how well-matched the two teams were. And it was, I was absolutely surprised at how well they managed Derrick Henry. You absolutely hit the nail on the head. That was a really great showing for them. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see. And we'll, pre- we'll preview that matchup with the Buffalo Bills coming up. And speaking of the Buffalo Bills, the best super wild card weekend game uh, that I thought that I enjoyed was the Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I, it had it all. I mean, the Colts were actually a lot more competitive than I thought they'd be. Uh, we had a terrifically tense fourth quarter that saw a 24-10 Buffalo lead turn into, a bill, turn into the Bills, hanging on for dear life of a three-point lead as Phillip Rivers and the Colts took the field with a chance to win the game with two minutes and 30 seconds to play. And then it all comes down to a Hail Mary. I mean, that's basically all you want in the game, right? I mean, obviously the middle parts were eh, but that last fourth quarter was so much fun. And it did kind of, in some ways, though, expose the Bills' defense. And I'll talk a little bit about that later when we preview the games. But, you know, the Bills did let the um, Colts get into Bill's territory every single drive. All nine of their drives ended up in Bill's territory. So clearly a bend-not-break type of defense. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out moving forward. But Josh Allen definitely silencing some critics. Bill's getting their first postseason win um, in 25 years, and they set up for a great game next week against the Ravens, which you we were just talking about. So 
yeah, two fantastic games there. I really enjoyed it. Any thoughts on the Colts and Bills? Um, you know, I think if the Colts can get a quarter, you know, it was really great seeing what Phillip Rivers could do. I, I think that mm-hmm. he definitely exceeded what a lot of people thought he could do at this point. But in saying that, I think you're seeing – how that team has been slowly built, and they're really reaping the benefits right now. I think that they're right. one of the best-run teams right now in the NFL. I think that, really, they're, they're a quarterback away. I do think that, you know, they are from being, you know, a real competitor in the AFC division. But with picking so late in the draft, I don't know how that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, keep an eye on for them. If the Watson talk does keep going, which I'm not sure about that, but more mm-hmm. likely, you know, someone like Matthew Stafford, you know, that could be a match made in heaven right there for a team yep. that – can take it for where they are to probably over the hump. But I was really impressed with the Colts. That that was my walkway. And, and like you said, you know, the Buffalo, there was definitely some things exposed. But, man, I think that they can go shoot out for shoot out with anyone in this league, including Kansas City. But it'll definitely oh, yeah. Happen. Oh, I, would, I can't wait to see that. I mean, if, if it gets to that, I can't wait to see that. So let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that one and move on to the next topic. And that's Taylor Heineke, obviously a, a very gutsy um impressive performance this last weekend and you Adam are as plugged in with the Washington football team as anyone uh like I said we saw a spectacular showing from Taylor Heineke give me your thoughts on Heineke and the future of the Washington QB room you know I I wish I was into the small schoolers like back when he was there you know the 2012-2015 range I really got started with Darius Leonard a couple years ago, the Colts linebacker. But, Uh you know, as soon as I heard that um, it was looking likely he could start, I just popped in that ODU film. And I think go no further than his New Hampshire game in 2012. Um, 730 yards, five touchdowns, broke a Division I record, which uh, was just an unbelievable performance in the air, on the ground. And I really think, um, listening to Kevin Sheehan uh, this morning, he hit the nail on the head. We're looking at a probable Jeff Garcia here from the San Francisco 49ers. You know, both uh-huh. quarterbacks played abroad. You know, Jeff Garcia playing in Canada and Heinke, he had his stint in XFL in the round. But uh-huh. I think that the cops are there as far as two guys that make a lot of plays with their feet and are really allowed to, you know, read the field quickly. And I think just like his ODU coach said, he said never he never coached a quarterback that could read five reads as fast as he could or even five yeah. reads at all before he was sacked. Um, but I think, you know, 306 yards, one touchdown, one interception, six uh, six runs, 46 yards, and that Superman touchdown, I think oh, that, as amazing. far as Washington fans, that gave us shades of, of Robert Griffin III uh, when we saw that. Yes, absolutely. That was um, – that's poster-worthy <laughs> right there. Yeah, that 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 exactly. You know, my man at uh, Griffin Photography that you know we, we, I use his photos. And he does some great work over at uh, when, anytime they're at FedEx Field. Got a great bird's eye picture that I'll be having up of that. And you know, I just think Heinke is the kind of guy. A lot of people are saying, let's not get too crazy. You know, this is only uh, you know five quarters with Washington, but you can't deny this is against Tampa Bay. This is against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Two against the Russian. I think they were top ten against the pass. And this kid had a day. He nearly brought them back. You're talking about, I think, five drops from Washington receivers on the night. Granted, Tampa Bay also had six or seven of their own. Um, yeah. Washington was in this game. It was one of the best offensive performances they've, we've seen all year. It was one of the lousiest defensive performances, sadly, we saw all year from them. And I think that was the difference. I think Washington is showing how close they are with even competent quarterback play and maybe a couple players away on the defense. But I walk away with this thinking two things. Um, Heinke is a restricted free agent next year. So 
a lot of people are thinking, why give him, you know, a high tender like a second round that will cost in the range of, you know, $5.5 million. Well, the mm-hmm. easy answer to that is there's a ton of QB needy teams out there, and the supply does not meet the demand. You know, you're talking about after the first four or five quarterbacks go in the draft, it's really slim pickets after that, and free agency right. is even worse. Um, right. And I say to those that are looking at the small school level what Heinz is, think Flacco, um, you know, think Carson Wentz. The only thing that really separates them is five inches because as far as what they can do, how are they in the moment? I think that Heinke is probably one of the best performers I've seen come out of the college level after I just, you know, I watched all the last two years of all the games he played, including that 2012. And a lot of people say, if he's so good, how come he hasn't got a chance? Well, everyone has to understand it's all about situation. And right now they have a situation where Alex Smith is likely retiring. Uh, Kyle Allen, who was the guy that could be the placeholder with, you know, Alex Smith still up in the air, he's a free agent. So I think there's no reason to, you know, go for with Heinke as an idea that he's going to compete with what you have. I still see them bringing a free agent, and I still see them looking at a quarterback. But with Washington picking in 19, I think you know, the message to Washington fans out there is let's continue to just build this offense because Heineke is a piece that they can use. I think it's his job to lose going into camp unless they go big. I think that it's calmed nerves a lot around Washington Park, and I think that they'll probably look more to the 2022 draft for someone mm-hmm. uh, like a you know mm-hmm. first round guy. But I think right. they're going to give Heinke the reins. I think this is a Turner guy. It's a guy that they really like. He knows the system, so I think he's got the leg up next year. The question is, will we see that second round tender? Or, you know, will Snyder slowly get involved, um, maybe push Rivera to maybe go for that three-, four-year long-term deal? I think either way, we really won't know what's going on until we have a real training camp. But I walk away with that game extremely excited. I've never walked away from a loss, let alone a playoff loss. And I think I speak for most Washington fans that say, we're really excited for the future. And I think Heinke is a guy that can definitely hold that torch for the time being. Well, I can tell you this. I am, ex- I, I am excited for you guys, and I wish I was a Washington fan, but I'm a Bears fan, so I had to watch Mitch Trubisky kind of mess it oh, up. But, uh, you know, and, of course, Wims at the big drop in the end zone. Lots of bad things, bad, bad things over the weekend. So I wish I was in your shoes because if I was a Washington fan, I would also be looking up for next year and feeling pretty good about the playoff loss, so to speak. Hitting the bell, let's move on. Let's talk about those division playoff games that are coming up. Some good ones. Let's start with the AFC. Five-seed Baltimore Ravens at the two-seed Buffalo Bills. That should be a good one. Saturday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. The Bills are currently favored by two and a half. Give us your thoughts on this uh, on this matchup, Adam. Oh, man, that, it, it's my favorite game. It's, it's not even close. Yeah. I just think that this is the game that the, the Ravens will bring a lot of pressure, and I think it'll be competitive early on. But I think, Allen, this will be one of his best games as a professional for Buffalo, and I think – trying to keep up with Diggs, trying to, you know, really look at Beasley, man. I just can't get over Beasley, you know, being a Washington <laughs> fan, seeing him with Dallas. We never thought he'd be more than a Wes Welker type. You know, what he's developed into Buffalo and what they're really doing over there with their offense, I don't think that Baltimore is going to be able to stop them in the end. But I think the point spread is pretty fair because I think in the end it'll be close. They'll probably put around by three, maybe six points, but – I think this is the game where Lamar Jackson is really going to get stopped in his tracks. I think they're going to have a tough time running the ball against Buffalo, although they were exposed uh, in the last game. 
I think Buffalo really settles down, and I, I think the, this is going to be the exit for the Ravens. And, again, I think Buffalo is the only team that can really give uh, Kansas City a run for money. So that, that's the game I have my eye on for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I do kind of agree with regard to the Bills and how they match up with the Kansas City Chiefs, but I have my question marks here with regard to them and the uh, Ravens. I mean, it's it really does depend on which Lamar Jackson shows up on yeah. Saturday. Bills did, like I said, they allowed um, they allowed the Colts to get into Bills territory all nine drives. They allowed 472 total yards. I mean, it's that's a lot to give up, particularly when you're up against the Baltimore Ravens that have the most rushing yards per game. And they did it all over again in the, in the postseason. I mean, during the regular season, 191.9 yards per game, and they did it, they did it again. So I think it's one of those things where if Lamar Jackson is able to run, if they're able to, if, if JK Dobbins is able to run, you know, if, uh, if they're, if they're able to establish that on the ground, and they're able to lead time of possession. You know, they had the seventh highest time of possession per game during the regular season. If they're able to do that, the Ravens kind of control this in many ways. You know, the Bills can score, no doubt about it. But in some ways, I trust the Ravens' defense uh, over the Bills' defense, at least what I've seen recently of the Bills' defense. You know, I felt better about the Bills uh, earlier in the year, and I've started to have my doubts later in the year that they are typical, a typical bend-don't-break type of defense and they're giving up a lot of yards and that's just going to give too many opportunities to uh to the Baltimore Ravens who can be very dangerous if they have confidence and if Lamar Jackson doesn't uh you know just make mistakes um you know it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting how that all how that comes out I mean this is as close to a toss-up as I can get I mean that's that's kind of the bottom line here you know I think the Ravens great game find a way to win this on the back of Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins and the ground game that's what I that's my feeling but do I feel enough you know, do I feel confident enough that I would put money on that? Probably not. Like I would, I'd rather put money on anything else in the planet right now than put money on this game. You know, the Bills essentially, you know, they the, the big problem I have with them is not Josh Allen. He is unstoppable. It's not Stephon Diggs. Clearly, he is a weapon that cannot be stopped. And the Ravens love the blitz. And if they blitz, we saw what Stephon Diggs can do when he's just manned up, right? With no safety help, right. he'll blow it off. He'll just he's going to score every time. So I can see that. That can definitely happen. My concern is, can they control the ball? Can they control possession? Because they gave up on the run last weekend, and yep, I don't think yep. that's going to work playing against the Ravens, you know? And Zach Moss now has his ankle injury. He's likely out. So they're down to Devin Singletary. They actually signed Devontae Freeman recently. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that's obviously not going to help. <laughs> wow. You know, I know. That's, that's, that's getting pretty desperate, you know? I mean, com- coming from a household where my wife's a, a, a Giants fan and watching – can play this year. That's 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 not going to help. <laughs> that's not going. That's not going to be a yeah, good I'm, thing. If we I'm see expecting him on another 40, 50 pass from Allen. So that that's. Yes. I'm, I guess I'm banking on him having his career day. But yeah, definitely yeah. hear you on that, man. Yeah, and Cole Beasley, I, you're right. I mean, he is amazing in that system. I mean, he is basically. I mean, he if he's not playing, I mean, he has a knee injury that he played through. He looked great. I don't know if it's going to be uh, an issue this week or not. But if he's out that could significantly impact their third down offense. I mean, he is a critical, critical component of their third down offense. Um, so reliable, so reliable. Okay, enough talking about those Bills who I really love, and I, but I do think the Ravens end up taking this. Let's get to the next game That's the uh, in the AFC, and that's the Cleveland Browns, the 6th Cleveland Browns. And a fantastic game against the Steelers, by the way, uh, at uh, the one seed Kansas City Chiefs. That's Sunday at 3.05 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Chiefs favored by 10. All right, give us your thoughts on this, Adam. 
<laughs> I, I think the Browns get, you know, good good for them, good run back to get brought uh, down to reality. I, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking high scoring affair. The 10 points is definitely it's going to be more than that. I think uh, they're going to just open up on them in the run, in the pass, and Browns are just going to be stifled. I, I think, you know, we're looking at like a 40-10 kind of game here, so I right. think Chiefs run away with this one. Yeah, the only way I see the – I don't see the Browns winning this. The only way I see the Browns um, covering the spread is if – all they do is if they find enough running room for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, right. and all they do is run the ball, and they just control time of possession, then maybe they end up losing it by seven, right? Because, yeah. you know, maybe they get but, – but they're not winning this game. <laughs> That's the bottom line there. Sorry, Browns fans. It was a great game for you guys. Um, obviously, a very interesting game. Um, and, of course, the Steelers exposed for what they were, uh, which is, you know, good and bad because, you know, I'm not a Steelers hater – but I think they were kind of overrated as an undefeated team earlier in the season, and they've been exposed now against the Browns. So that being said, well, not much else to say about that. Chiefs show up, they win. Let's move on to the NFC side. Six seed Los Angeles Rams at the one seed Green Bay Packers. Saturday, favored by seven. What are your thoughts on this game, Adam? I think that uh, Rams early on will – I think it will be a good game probably through a quarter and a half, and I just think Aaron Rodgers just opens it up. Um, come the second half, I'm really waiting to see Aaron Donald. I'd be shocked if he doesn't play. But right. um, if you saw him on the sideline, man, you haven't yeah. seen it often. But he was he was hurting. Um, so I don't know the details. I haven't looked at the injury reports yet. But um, in the end, uh, I think that Green Bay is, is just able to just work them. You know. Yeah, you know, and the thing is that, and obviously being a Bears fan. I hate the Packers, but um, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. And this is, you know, at the beginning of the season, everyone was talking about, I can't believe it. Uh, they didn't get him any more weapons. Aaron Rodgers, all he has is Devontae Adams. They have a bunch of scrubs out there. Why didn't they draft him a wide receiver? They're all these great wide receivers. They didn't do anything to help him. Are they trying to get rid of him? They drafted a quarterback. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Turns out right. he doesn't need anybody else. <laughs> he just needs Devontae Adams. He just Adams. needed that motivation. That's right, right. That who knew this? Who knew that, that – I mean, I guess – knew that. I mean, I guess they all knew that all you need to do was light a fire under Aaron Rodgers and he'll just win. He doesn't need anybody else, you know? I mean, he basically can do it all on his own. I mean, he could do the entire uh, – as, as, uh, as, as uh, we, we famously said uh, years ago when Giselle said that Brady can't throw the ball and catch it, I think Aaron Rodgers can. I think he can basically do it all. <laughs> So, you know, uh, what, it is what it is, but the Rams, you know, it's an interesting story. They play great defense, definitely one of the best defenses in the league, uh, second overall, third against the pass and run. But, they, you know, this is Aaron Rodgers, and this is the Packers, and um, they are really unstoppable, and you need to have a all-out, you know, high-flying offense to keep up with them, and the Rams don't have that. You know, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, with John Wolford starting last weekend and then going out really early – and Jared Goff coming in with the gimpy thumb, and you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, it's, everyone's like, oh no, now we got to start Jared Goff again." You know, you can't, you got to, you got to question yourself when your <laughs> actual starting quarterback comes in and you're worried. You know, did you actually right. wish you had, you know, AAF superstar John Wolford under center? You know, that's that's not a great thing. Um, of course, Cooper Cup also questionable with an injury, so I don't know. I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up. Um, I, I agree with you. This will be a contest. For a short time, maybe a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half. Um, Aaron Rodgers sometimes starts a little slow, particularly off a, a right. bye in this case. But when he starts clicking, it's going to be like 
Bama, Ohio State. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to say yeah, it. I, I agree. But it's yeah. gonna be just like that. He he can will it. He's just gonna will it to happen, and it's not gonna look hard. That's uh, that's the bottom line. All right, let's get to the last game of the divisional playoffs. That is the five seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the two seed New Orleans Saints Sunday, six forty p.m. Eastern time on Fox. Saints favored by three. What are your thoughts on this game, Adam? Again, you can't. It's hard to bet against Brady, but I think this is the game the Saints just just take it. I think that again, this is a game early on that maybe they have some early success with Brady. But I have to check the injury report again. But I, from what I understand, they had a bunch of guys go out in the Washington game, including their running back. Um, you know, a lot of guys are shaking up. They might be playing, yep. but I think New Orleans comes into this game better situation as far as their depth. And I just think right. the Bucks can't hang with them. I think that the Saints can run it or pass it. You know, it's basically whatever Bucks try to do. Bucks have a top-rated um, run defense, but I think the way Saints mix it up with Taysom Hill, Kamara, and everybody they got, I, I just think it's not going to be a blowout. The three points are a little low. I, I think it's probably somewhere around seven and a half that, that the Saints take this. But in the end, it'll probably be um, closer on the scoreboard than it actually is. I think it'll just be a, a good ball control game for Saints, and I think they take this by uh, probably seven points. Yeah, the Saints, um, you know, they have all their weapons back. You know, they got Michael Thomas. They got Deontay Harris. And, and by the way, Harris looked amazing. Uh, I hated saying that uh, on Sunday, but he did. He looked really, really good. Uh, Alvin Kamara is healthy again. I mean, they're basically at full strength, whereas Brady, you know, he has one of the most elite O-lines in the NFL. But, you know, um, starting guard Alex Kappa suffered a fractured ankle last weekend. He's out. Uh, They're banged up. Ronald Jones with the calf injury late that's flared up that they had to start Leonard Fournette. Um, You know, it's there's a lot of question marks there. And he has some of the premier receiving targets, but Mike Evans also a little banged up, you know, and he wasn't playing at full strength, although you couldn't tell the way he was playing uh, that night. He looked pretty darn good. But, you know, they're also banged up there. And, and I just don't think they will be able to hang with the Saints either. The Saints defense kind of, you know, quietly being really, really good. Fourth least uh, yards allowed per game. Fifth least points allowed per game in the regular season. Eighth most access season. Tied for the most enough credit i don't think i agree with you i think the saints take this i think buccaneers put up a fight though and it'll be close all right let's go ahead and hit the bell on that topic let's get down to our last topic of the day and uh this is the one we love so we're gonna have that little intro music for you oh there it is <laughs> it's dir prospect of the week time folks all right adam take it away all right so again you know and, and that with the alabama theme here um, there's a guy, a little lone guy, people that Alabama fans like myself, well, his name is Lane Hatcher. He was actually with them in 2018. He was behind uh, Tua and Jalen Hurts is actually a red shirt. So that year he actually went to the uh, transfer portal and went to Arkansas State. Uh, we're looking at a guy right now, 15,483 yards, 185 touchdowns, and a 41-1 and record in high school. Um, he was the Arkansas high school record. Nobody has come close to it. Um, right now, he's actually putting up really good numbers. Uh, in the past two seasons, uh, he's put up over 5,000 yards, 46 touchdowns to only 12 interceptions. He's viewed as a dual-threat uh, prospect. It's questioned right now if he will declare he does have another year. Actually, he has two years of eligibility based on his previous redshirt. But uh, this is a guy, if you're looking for that uh, Johnny Manziel type without the attitude, that's really what I peg him in right now. I just really like what he does. Similar to Taylor Heineke, what we saw last night, he's a very similar prospect in that he doesn't read the field quite as well at this point. Um, but as far as making plays on the move, 
Um, we're talking about a guy that anytime he gets the ball in his hands, anytime the rush is in his face, this is when he's best. So the fact that he went to Alabama should tell a lot of people how good he is. So small school aside, Lane Hatcher, Arkansas State, this is a guy that if he does declare, look for him in the later rounds just based on, you know, the limited experience. But I really think this is a guy that you could develop on your team and, you know, have the Johnny Mantell project work out the right way. But I really <laughs> hate putting him in that box, but I really think Lane yeah, Hatcher, Arkansas State, small guy, only six foot tall, just under 200, needs to put on weight, definitely has some knocks on him. But I think this is a guy that uh, fans need to keep an eye on because in the next two, either doesn't come out this year, 2022, there's going to be a lot of quarterback needy teams. So even if he's coming in with a ceiling as a backup, this is that dual threat that really can, you know, the moment isn't too big for him. I think Lane Hatcher, Arkansas State, definitely a DIR. You, uh, everybody needs to keep an eye on. Yeah, well, that is a really good one. And congratulations, you used Johnny Manziel as a positive comp. You might have been the first analyst to do that in like <laughs> five years. So congratulations on that. All right, guys, here we are at the end of the show. Hit the air horn on the show. I can't believe it went so fast. Adam, anything you'd like to promo this week? You know, just we're going to continue with all the draft evaluation. We'll have the way too early big board coming out soon. Uh, we'll awesome. have some big announcements coming out about the Burgundy and Gold Report. Stay with us. We're going to have a lot of content. Um, actually, I'm the draft correspondent for a couple of sites with the Burgundy Zone this Thursday. We'll announce nice. that on Twitter. Uh, with the Burgundy Network, we got some things going on, too. So, as you know, this is always a busy time, but uh, football garbage time is what I'm all about, man. Hail DC. Oh, uh, yeah. Heck yeah, but definitely check out the Burgundy and Gold Report. And Adam, give us your social media so people can follow you. Yeah, find me at the Burgundy and Gold Report, lowercase r. And right now you can find all my articles, all my podcast appearance on burgundyandgoldreport.wordpress.com. Don't miss it. It is some amazing content there. It's super, super awesome stuff. And I can't even say, I can't put enough uh, you know, I can't put enough in front of that to talk about how amazing this stuff is. So you guys don't want to miss it. It's incredibly, incredibly insightful. All right, guys, you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. And thanks again, everyone, for wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. <laughs> <laughs>